drink. Beekman Golf Course. Uh, yes, we're back. If you're still hanging in there with us, we appreciate it. AT, we're going to go quickly into your player and coach of the week, and I'm going to go quickly into our player, the coach of the week, and then we're going to get to the first round matchups uh, and all the surprising seeds and who got screwed and who didn't and who got in and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, where the committee went wrong. Um, but first, AT, who's your player of the week? Uh, we'll go player of the week, coach of the week, and then just a quick review update on our picks from last week. I won't go through it too deeply, but um, I think you'll be interested. Uh, yes. So my runner-up for player of the week was from Air Force, the goaltender, Mitch Rose, 13 saves, six goals allowed in a SOCON championship victory over the Richmond Spiders to knock them out and take the AQ. It's huge. That goes along with winning the SOCON conference championship. Uh, my player of the week, and this guy has been killing it, and oh my God. I'll give you a peek, Big time. is... is is a lock as a first-team All-American for me. And Has to be. midfielder Connor Kelly. Five goals in Maryland's Big Ten Championship W over Ohio State. Those two teams have been like two heavyweight champions going back and forth. But Connor Kelly's performance has been undeniable this season. And he seems to be playing his best in the biggest moments. And that bodes well for Maryland as they enter the NCAA tournament here in a few days. My player of the week, David Sims. What an animal. You saw the game yeah. winner there in OT. Uh, just trucked him. Four goals versus Q's that you thought, you thought, and I know we were exchanging texts, that put Army into the national tournament. Of course it did not. Uh, but David Sims not going out without a, a, a bang in 2017. Four goals uh, versus Q's. What a performance. Uh, AT, who's your coach of the week? Uh, first, I had two runner-ups. The first one was none other than Joe Abarici, Army's head coach. Of course. Uh, we all thought they were dead. and Well, you didn't. You picked them, actually, but I thought they were dead for sure. I should never, uh, should never think that about the military academies are so dumb, but Joe Alberici, head coach of Army, in an OT win over Notre Dame was huge. Uh, also runner-up, and this easily could have been my coach of the week, but that goes to Joe Amplo at Marquette to knock off Denver and then Providence College to win the Big East Championship and return to the national tournament. Shocked the lacrosse world and turned the seeding process upside down. Uh, but my coach of the week goes to Brian Fisher, at Monmouth yes. for his 11th straight win, a 9-8 victory in the MAC championship over Marist for the school's first MAC championship, and if not more importantly, their first NCAA tourney bid. Brian Fisher getting it done and getting it done quickly at Monmouth. Really, really impressive. And and the favorite going into tonight's matchup against Bryant. Uh, impressive. Very impressive from Brian Fisher uh, since he's taken over at Monmouth. My assistant coach of the week, Casey Broderson at Bryant. Yeah. Being a huge part of Bryant's defense coming into the season. He was a big part of Bryant's holding Hobart to four goals 
<laughs> and a 5-4 to four victory to get themselves and Mike Pressler yet another NCAA tournament berth for Bryant, uh, who will play Monmouth. Uh, and the winner of that game, of course, uh, will have to go to Delaware to play Maryland in basically a home game for have, have fun. The, yeah, <laughs> the Terps, <laughs> who uh, you're going to find out in a second, um, may be rolling for their first ever right. national championship since 1975. Playing the Terps is like somebody bringing you a cheese pizza, and you're like, great. And it's got needles and fingernails in it, and you bite into it, it just tears up the roof of your mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, AT, before we get into first-round matchups and surprises and seeds and things like that, let's go over really quick, Lee. Nice. Uh, how, finish on that adverb. <laughs> how uh, I did and you did in our picks and where we are for the year. Cause... All right. So we had a really, really tight week this week. Uh, I... Yeah, but really, it was it tight or was it just, just slightly – I was slightly over the edge. It was tight it, and it sucked. <laughs> Um, you know, it, you, I finished the week 20 correct, 16 wrong, and you finished the week 21 correct and 15 wrong. So you ended up <gasps> clipping me in the week, which was great. Um, and what a, what a contest this is. So overall for the season, I'm at 232 correct, 209 wrong, and you're at 234 correct and 200. Yes and seven wrongs. So you're up two points, which is just one game going into That's right. the tournament. So I still have a lot to fight for. Uh, we are not going to pick uh, the uh, lines. Uh, they didn't actually give them to us this morning. Uh, I think most of that was These due guys to... Are like the, those guys are like the Matt Harvey of betting. <laughs> just right? Not Matt up, just, he just goes out to 10 o till 4 a.m. and he's got a game there. I mean, come on, dude. It's not... It's, you're not, it's not 1991 and you're living in Providence going to Brown. Oh, that's not the right thing to say. <laughs> uh, so instead, though, we're going to do our bracket predictions. We're going to go through each one of these matchups, uh, especially in the first round. Should should be pretty interesting. But first and foremost, the first round matchups, AT, couple surprising seeds. Uh, the first one that stands out to me, and you can comment on it, Johns Hopkins gets a six seed, six seed going into the tournament. Uh, they get a home game. Uh, they will match up against Duke. Uh, what are your thoughts on Hopkins getting a sixth seed? I feel great about Hopkins getting a sixth seed. My brother said the same thing to me. I don't know why people are wow. whining about it. Wow. Listen, Hopkins, along with Maryland, has played 10 top 20 ranked teams, right? Maryland, Hopkins, Carolina have all played the toughest schedule over the course of the season. Hopkins has wins over North Carolina, Rutgers, Penn State, and Loyola. They don't have a bad loss. Their losses, Towson, Princeton, Syracuse, Ohio State twice, and Maryland. You know what? I, I don't, I'm not shocked by that at all. I think if you play a super... Tough schedule. Every single week they play a team that can beat them. So I think that they've earned the benefit of the doubt. And even though they haven't played great the last, you know, two weeks, I still think that their overall body of work justifies a six seed. So I don't have an issue with it at all. Why is why do you have a problem with it? 
I just I, I think that there are other teams more deserving Who? of the sixth seed. Who? I'm waiting. First off, I mean, I, I guess that, if you if that's secretly lax film room, are you secretly <laughs> lax film room? I, I mean, when you talk about top twenty wins, you got to go at this point of the season. You have to go RPI. You can't no longer do media. That's perceived top twenty wins. Uh, top twenty. Oh, this games. is these are my um, rankings. Right, <laughs> which is even more so. But like the RPI, you have to go to the RPI. That's what the that's what the committee picks from. I just and I know that that Johns Hopkins has a very high RPI, but I would put. I don't know. I guess I guess it does make sense because when you look at John, you look at Penn State and you look at Albany. Albany has a pretty high RPI, but they just didn't play a hard enough schedule. Penn State the same way. They didn't play a hard enough schedule. Um, you know, Duke. I thought Duke deserved a seed. Um, I think that when you go through the guillotine of the ASC, uh, ACC, uh, you, you should you should be right up there in the front runner. But here's the thing: Duke was the last one in. It was between Duke and Army as I, the last guys in. I, I agree with you that Duke should have received a bid higher than Johns Hopkins, but both Duke and Johns Hopkins are more worthy than Albany and Penn State. It, I don't disagree with you Listen, Albany there. has one win. One. They beat Yale. That's it. One win. That's it. I don't care. Right. Close life. One win. They played three ranked teams, and they and they won one of them. And it's the lowest ranked the lowest of all of them. Ranked. Penn State has two Top wins, two ranked wins. They beat Ohio State, great win, and Rutgers. Right? They don't have a bad loss, but they've only played five ranked teams. Right? Rutgers, yeah. to me, and definitely Army, even more so, are more deserving than both of those other teams. Army's beaten Syracuse, Notre Dame, BU twice. Right? With yep. losses to Rutgers, Navy, and Loyola twice. They have one bad loss. Yep. That's Navy. But they have yep. four top 20 wins. Rutgers has three with Army, Princeton, and Ohio State. Albany has one. Penn State has two. I'm not saying Albany and Penn State aren't great teams. I think they're great teams. But if we're going to talk about teams worthy of being in the tournament, the biggest gripe out there is Army getting left out? And behind them, Rutgers. I think Army and Rutgers are more deserving than Penn State and right. and Albany. But I think Albany is a better team. I think Albany beats those teams. So you know, again, it's 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 what have you done for me as documented fact fused with the subjectivity of the eye test, right? Well, we've talked about the selection committee, and I guess in in I think his name is Patrick Stevens, D one at D one source. He's a, he's a, he writes the um, bracket predictions for U.S. Lacrosse. Uh, he does a good job. He lays it all out. He he puts everything out there. And and over the recent years, RPI has become literally more or less the only criteria they use. And if you're gonna fault the committee, at least they're going with one criteria and they're sticking with it. Because in years past, there have been coaches that stood up who are on the committee that said, "Well, this year we weighted uh, big wins 
And last year we waited big losses more so than the year prior. And it was just like this, this awful, you know, criteria based bias, bias in the selection committee. Right. They're they're massaging it. You get, you, you get coaches on the committees that are, it's a conflict of interest and that's the way it was for a long, long time. So I, I agree with you that it is great that they have settled in on, you know, a major. And that's why it's so predictable. Yeah. And, and that's why it's so predictable and that, and that's okay. Um, but I, but we were having the conversation last night and, and I remember a certain coach and he'll remain nameless, but he was like, Oh yeah, this year we, we did, uh, you know, X school and Y school had a big win here and a big win there. And it was like, well, that wasn't part of the criteria last year. And it was like, well, yeah, last year we used the fact that X university and Y university had a big loss and they didn't. And it's like, well, that's not part of it. And then the same person the following year said, well, I think we should wait wins at home less than wins, big wins on the road. And it's like, where are we getting these like crazy topics to be on when, all right, just settle in on a criteria, but they did. Right. They had about five, a list of five criteria and RPI stood the test for this year's tournament. And then that's what they rolled with. And so for Army, my only question was, is if Army didn't lose to Navy, are they in? Definitely. And I don't know how the RPI shakes out, but they wouldn't have a bad loss on their record, and they'd have two huge wins. Uh, But I can tell you this. I can guarantee you this. If Army Army didn't lose to Navy, right, and just take Penn State has two wins, right? They beat Ohio State, they beat Rutgers. Army has four wins. But we'll just match Army's top two wins versus Penn State's only two wins. Army beat Houston, Notre Dame, where Penn State beat Ohio State and Rutgers. Army's wins are bigger, right? Just their top two wins. Now, let's compare Army and their win versus Albany's win, because they have one, okay? Army's win is Yale. Army has four times that many, but we'll just take the top one, right? They have a win over Syracuse. And behind that, they have a win over Notre Dame. Both bigger wins than Albany's only win, Yale. That's right. Right, And, I, right. and I don't have it out for Albany. I don't. I, I'm a, I've said before, I'm a huge fan of Scott Moore. I wouldn't be surprised to see Albany. You know, they could win the whole thing. They could. But if you're looking at what have they done, they've only beaten one team. So how could yeah. that possibly be? Now they got the AQ, so I get all that. But the fact is, is that you know where they're ranked, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, it's the RPI in the end, and so it's your opponent, it's your win percentage, it's your opponent's win percentage, and it's your opponent's opponent's win percentage, all wrapped into yeah, one based on a percentage of each. Percentage up, just don't play anybody. <laughs> right. Well, here's I will tell you this, At the biggest fault for Army. Uh, is the fact that they're in the Patriot League. You have to play nine teams. Right. Nine. You have to play Lafayette every year. And there's not nine teams that are all going to have 14 and two records right. or whatever it is. Right. There are going to be bad teams in the, in the Patriot League, and you have to play all of them. Right. The Patriot League is setting themselves up for a one big conference for the rest of its duration because there are too many teams in the league 
and there's not enough weight in the RPI to overcome it, so they're going to end up getting pushed out 100% of the time. Right. And even if they did get um, you know, the, the win over Navy, I still don't think they make it because their RPI is too low. And that's because they cannot play other teams outside their league that will raise their RPI. They have to play eight games. That's insane. They start their league play in, in right. February. The RPI takes into consideration the top 10 teams that you play. Is that right? No, it, the RPI is your win percentage. I believe 25% of your win percentage. Right. You add in 50% of your opponent's but win that, percentage and 25% right. of no, your opponent's I, opponent's win percentage. I understand that. But what my point is, is that is it all of your opponents or is it just your top yes, 10? Yes, all of them. No, no, so no. It's all of them. And there's then there's the fault. There's there's the fault. You know, maybe, maybe it should be your RPI versus your top eight. You know, well, what they do is they take your RPI. Compare, how can you adequately compare a team like Maryland, who's playing, you know, just in just in league one, two, three, four, five, six. Right. Games. Just right. in league, well, they're playing six top teams. Yeah, but here's what they do too in the committee, and I found this out, and this is actually a really cool thing that they do. They do a league-wide RPI. So they'll do an RPI for your conference games and your out-of-conference games. They do mix up, and they show you what RPI looks like for your conference and non-conference. Um, and in this year, it didn't matter because you know Navy had the, the bad loss to – I mean, excuse me, Army had the bad loss to Navy – uh, but in the future, though, if they don't lose to Navy, I still don't think Na- Army gets in, even if they say, well, look, it's not Army's fault that they have to play eight Patriot League teams. It's not, it's not their fault. It's not. Uh, and so, you know, that's a tough decision. And, and certainly for the uh, for the Patriot League, they've got to figure it out. And I know that having the ACC teams play them at the end of the year is a benefit for them. But I don't see it as a benefit for the ACC teams at all. In fact, I feel like no. it's, Why you know, we were it? talking about UNC. Right, and if UNC had that game afterwards, and then they lost to say a Colgate or a Lehigh or whoever, they're out. Yeah. So it's not it's not worth an ACC team playing a uh, a Patriot League team, but it's definitely worth a Patriot League team. They have to they have to get that game. So anyway, uh, we'll we'll move on from that. Uh, but let's go to our bracket predictions. Uh, no rock bottom bowl this week, uh, obviously. Uh, but we're going to start off with each of the brackets. We're going to go through yours and my pick, and then we're going to go to the quarterfinals, Final Four, and National Championship. But right off the bat, Bryant Monmouth, who you got, AT? I already have it written down here, but what do you, what do you got? Uh, I like Mike Pressler's experience in the tournament. I like uh, Massa, the faceoff guy for Bryant. I feel like... Um, there's just a familiarity in the tournament. So even though Mammoth is favored, and I'd like to see Mammoth win the game, I think Bryant wins the game. I got Bryant. I, I, I've got Mammoth on a streak. I, I like winning streaks just like in the NCAA basketball tournament. I like hot teams going into the tournament. I feel like uh, you know Mammoth is arguably one of the hottest teams in NCAA. Granted, their schedule's a lot different than They're most. The hottest. But They're hottest. I love them straight wins. Yeah, I mean it's insane. So I've got Monmouth uh, beating Bryant in a three to two thriller. Uh, <laughs> what, what's the over? I didn't check it out, but what's the over under on that? Is it like seventeen or eighteen? It should be like ten. I'm dead serious when I say that. It should be ten. I'm taking the under on it. But let's just go right to that bracket too. Maryland, Bryant, or Monmouth. Who do you have? I got Maryland. Yeah, so do I. Albany, Carolina is next up. 
Albany, the eighth seed, they're going to host Carolina in what is probably going to be a very oversold um, uh, event in Albany. 8,500 is the maximum capacity of the stadium, but they do have standing room only. 5,000 tickets have already been pre-sold. Um, expect quite a few walk-ups to this. What do you got on this one, AT? This is a tough game. You know, I, as you know, it's no surprise. I'm a, I'm a UNC fan. Um, and it's not that I'm anti-Albany. But I look at this game, and I just I feel like North Carolina is going to win. Um, but when you really look at it, you look at the face-off advantage, you know, TD Ireland versus Stephen Kelly. TD Ireland's crushing people. But Stephen Kelly's a senior. He's a veteran. He's coming off a win of the national championship last year. And I think that I think that's going to be a challenge for Albany. I think Stephen Kelly is going to end up winning the faceoffs in this game. Uh, goalkeeping, Carolina has been a little. I don't. I wouldn't say it's a strength of Carolina's. I do think the Albany guy has done a good job. Um, so I got that little bit of a wash. I like Albany's offense a lot, but I think that they get too much of their offense from one guy, and yeah. I think that. Um, Pafani is going to be able to cover him, I think, better than about anybody else has all year long. So I think that Albany is going to struggle more offensively than we think. Um, if yeah. if Connor Fields wins that matchup and they have to slide to Connor Fields, then I think Albany is going to really score goals. But I don't think so. I think Austin Pafani is going to do a great job, and I think that he's going to win that matchup. And I think that that, in the end is going to be the difference. I think that Albany is going to struggle to hold Carolina down when Carolina has the ball. So I like Carolina in an upset in that game. I like Albany. I like the home field advantage. I think it just weighs too much on UNC in this one. I do agree with your analysis, but I just think that Albany's got a run here, and I think that they get out of this this round because of the home field advantage. If this was in Carolina, I'd have the exact opposite. Uh, but if you're going to sway one point left or right, I'm going to take uh, Albany into home in this one. Next up, Denver Air Force. This should be an easy one. Who you got on this one? Uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail. I think that Trevor Batiste is going to control the face-off X, and Denver's going to have the ball most of the time. And that's going to really wear down Air Force. Air Force has had a great season again they've done uh they've had a great two or three years you got to hand it to eric saramet he's, he's done an awesome job and, and hopefully he ends up in consideration for some of these job openings if he wants to move back east because i think he'd be a great hire but i just think that du's too much they get too much experience and i don't like du in the goal i don't think alex Ray, i think he's the weak part of their team and i don't even love du's defense but i love their faceoff guy i love their offense I love Matt Brown as the offensive coach, and Bill Tierney's the best coach in the history of the sport, so I'm going to go with DU. I'm going with DU as well. The first game between Air Force and Denver didn't exactly go too well for Air Force. I expect a better effort, but still not enough to beat Denver. Notre Dame, Marquette, this is a big one. Seems like a trap game, big time. AT, what do you got? Uh, it, it may be a trap game. I just think that you know Kevin Corrigan, Jerry Byrne are going to do, they're going to have their team ready to go. You know, they didn't finish the season well with a loss to Army, but I'm not so sure that that won't help them as they enter the tournament. You know, obviously concerns for them are the health of Sergio Perkovic, their stud midfielder, and Ryder Garnsey, yep. their stud attackman. 
Um, you know, you're also of concern is Marquette's ability to win faceoffs. Uh, I think they got a good goaltender, but I don't think he's any better than Shane Doss. And I think in the end, you give Jerry Byrne and these guys uh, a week to prepare for you coming off of a loss that will snap the attention of the players uh, into focus. I just like, you know, I like Notre Dame. I like it. Um, I, I, I'm the same way. I was very, very tempted with the injuries in Notre Dame. Uh, it's very up in the air, uh, but I was tempted to pick Marquette as an upset in the first I was round. But, to. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Notre Dame in that quadrant. We're going back up uh, to the Hempstead side, uh, where Ohio State. Uh, and at home in Columbus, plays Loyola in one of the weirder matchups. Um, and a lot of people talked about the whole like you know Air Force should have gone to you know Ohio State or Marquette should have gone to Ohio State. The reality is is look, I mean we live in a sport where money matters, and so if they can save a flight and Denver goes to you know Air Force goes to Denver as a five seed, I get it. Uh, but this is going to be a great game no matter what. Who do you got out of this quadrant? You know, when I when I printed the draw, I looked at this game and I wrote Loyola. And then I crossed it out. I wrote Ohio State. And then I crossed it out again and wrote Loyola. And, then, <laughs> and, then I, and I knew I had to email it to you. So I was embarrassed to take a picture because I didn't want you to see all the uncertainty. So I actually printed out another one and did it without all the uncertainty and ended up going with Ohio State. And the reason I, and the reason I did that is simply because Tom Carey and Jake Withers together, I think, present the best combination in the country of premier goaltender and premier faceoff guy. And I think that while Graham Savio is very good at the X for Loyola, I think he's going to be in trouble against Withers in this game. And I don't like the inconsistency in the cage for Loyola. They're playing the best that they've played all year. And that's why I think they have a good shot to win, but they're going to have to get great goaltending from Stover for them to win this game. And if I'm filling out a bracket, I'm going to go on what I think is the surest thing in those two positions, and that's Tom Carey and Jake Withers. So I'm going with Ohio State. Uh, I like that pick, and I also, if you're going to get the best combo in goalie and faceoff with Ohio State, you also have to argue that they have a better attackman in Trey LeClaire. Uh They have just a better offense in general with too many weapons uh, on that squad. And uh, for me, Ohio State is a hot team. Uh, granted, they lose to Maryland uh, in a very, very great game, a Big Ten championship. Uh, and as I think we're going to play this out, you're going to see them in the national championship together. That'd be a great game. But I've got Ohio State as well. Johns Hopkins, number six, hosts Duke. I don't know how many times Duke has played Hopkins in their career. Probably not too, too many. But uh, who do you got out of this one? This, I, I don't, you know, look, I sat here and I defended Johns Hopkins as a sixth seed uh, <laughs> 10 minutes ago. But I look at this game and I just don't like the way Johns Hopkins is playing. It, 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 you know, where's Joel Tinney gone? You know, after four games, I felt like Joel Tinney was a first-team All-American. And I haven't, I haven't right. heard, I, I feel like I haven't seen him in eight weeks. Right. Um, you know, I love Hunter Moreland at the X for Hopkins. I hope he's healthy for their sake, but he's got Kyle Rowe coming to town and Kyle Rowe is 
is is better in my opinion. So I think that Duke's going to win the faceoffs. Um, Justin Gutterding, Jack Bruckner, Duke's offense when they win faceoffs is really scary. And I don't love yep. Hopkins' defense outside of Nick Fields. I just don't think that they have a lot of bang for the they're young. They're young, and and I and I don't love their goalie. And I think for Hopkins to be successful, they need to win faceoffs, and I don't think they're going to win faceoffs. Um, so I got Duke in this game. I got Duke as well. I just the same reasons. I don't like the trend that Hopkins has shown, despite the little comeback that they made against Ohio State late in that game. Uh, that game was well out of reach, uh, and it was kind of a summation of what Johns Hopkins uh, has looked like towards the second half of the season. Uh, I think that Duke in their second half of the season, which is par for the course, uh, has been great. Uh, and they've gotten that young talent on board. And once again, you're looking at a tough Duke team <laughs> come May, uh, which is you know John Donowski's go-to. Yeah. So uh, for, for, for me, I've got Duke as well. Number seven, Penn State at home plays Towson. Who do you got, A.T.? This is an awesome game. And I'll tell you, if you yes. look at – you look at the, the premier Fogos in their respective classes. You've got Jake Withers is the best senior Fogo in the country at Ohio State. You've got Trevor Baptiste, the best junior Fogo at Denver. You've got what I consider the best sophomore Fogo in Woodall at Towson. And you've got what I would consider the best freshman Fogo, along with the guy, TD Ireland, at Albany. Um, but at Penn State, Gerard Arcieri. So... Um, I think that's going to be a huge indicator in the outcome of this game. And while I love Gerard Arcieri and I think he's a stud, I just think Woodall is too much of a beast and a man-child for him. And I think that Woodall is going to end up winning the battle at the X. And I think that Penn State is going to struggle stopping Towson's offense. And if yep. after... 65% of any goals that are scored, Towson gets the ball and they get the first crack. I think it's going to end up being too much for Penn State. So I like Towson in this game in like a 9-7 game, something like that. I like it. I like it. The last time Penn State played a team with a tough face-off guy, they came close to losing. Uh, one to Fairfield. Yep. Um, and, you know, down the stretch, they played... Ohio State, Ohio State, you know, they played the worst game I've ever seen from that, yeah. uh, that game against Penn State. But I just don't – I like the way Towson is winning games. I like the way I, – I just like the matchup here. I don't know if Towson continues to go down that route, but I like the matchup a lot here. Uh, so I'm going Towson too, and that's a big upset. We've got the same upset on that one. Next up, number two, Syracuse at home in the Dome against Yale Bulldogs. What do you got here, A.T.? This game, along with Ohio State Loyola, were the two hardest for me to pick and feel great about. Uh, I would love Yale to win this game. And I certainly think they're capable of winning the game. I, I really do. I think it's going to be a really, really good game. Um, but part of Yale's success has been Mackey winning the faceoffs for them. And with Ben Williams, Mackey's going to have his hands fill. Ben Williams is a man-child. And if Syracuse is able to win the faceoffs, and I think they're going to, I think they're going to win 
60% of the faceoffs in this game. Um, I think that that's going to end up being too much for Yale to, to be able to defend that all game long. I don't love Syracuse's attack. In fact, I don't think it's very strong at all. But their midfield may be the best midfielder in the country with Sergio Salcido and Nick Mariano. I've got Sergio Salcido as a first-team All-American. I've got Nick Mariano as a first, first or second-team All-American right there, with the only difference being that Sergio Salcido is a little more dynamic off the dodge. Um, but I love Nick Mariano's game as well. Um, and I think if Ben Williams is winning the draws and Yale has to play defense first after most goals, I think that while Andy Shea's a defensive genius, I don't love Yale on the goal. I think that's their weak point. A lot like Denver's weak point is their goalie. I think Yale's weak point is their goalie. And I just think they have to win faceoffs to hide that fact. And I don't think they're yep. going to do it in this game. So as much as I want Yale to win and want to pick Yale, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to pick Syracuse. So I got Syracuse. I got Yale. I, I, I think that Mackey's going to do a great job at the faceoff X. I think that neutralizes it. I think that the game scheme and the game plan that uh, Yale will have defensively for the heavy midfield attack from Syracuse is going to be effective. And I think the biggest difference maker in this game is going to be number two. Uh, for Yale, and I don't think there's a defenseman in the country that can stop number two. And you know, I, I the only person that can, and I mentioned it in, on Twitter, was Withers. <laughs> he's not even a defenseman. He's just the only. I, I think when I see this and I see it all playing out, he's the only faceoff guy that's going to really dominate uh, Mackey enough to prevent him from scoring f- four and four every every single game through the tournament. Uh, so. And it's, he's not the only option either. That's the thing on offense with Yale. No. You got God Debt. You've got uh, you know Jack Ty. You've got uh, the kid Kotler is just a stud. Dude, the, um, the, you, big, he, the biggest stud is is five. Yeah, the, uh, I got. I'm blacking out yeah, on his name that right kid, now. Uh, I'll tell you who it is. He, he, it's uh, the kid from New Jersey, uh, Eric Scott. Yes. Scott. He, to to me, Scott. Eric Scott. I don't have him as a, I don't have him as a first team All American, but I got him as a second team All American. Um, he's they have the best they have the best second line midfield maybe in the country, and that's coming from an Ivy League school. Yeah, listen, I, and they and they got a coach in staff that, that just wins manufactures one goal games like Bill Tierney used to do when he was at Princeton. They just win one goal games, and that is a sign of a great coaching staff. Um, but they're going up against a team that also John Desco manufactures one goal game True. wins. Um, tr- so it's going to be a good one. Traditionally, That's not who Syracuse is. Yale. That's true. Seems like that's who they've become over the last, you know, five, six years under Andy Shea. Um, so, yeah, but uh, I, I, I got Yale. Okay. I got I like Yale it. in this I like one. The pick. So in the quarterfinals, you and I only have two differences. You have UNC, I have Albany, you have Syracuse, and I have uh, Yale. So everything else is fine. Who makes your Final Four, AT? Talk to me about the four teams in your Final Four. Uh, I I would love – I'll start up top on the left with Maryland, Carolina. I just – I watched that first go-around when Maryland went up like 9-2 on the heels, and I just think if there's one team – that Carolina doesn't want to face in the tournament, <laughs> Maryland's the team. You know, Carolina beat 
Denver. They beat Notre Dame. They beat Syracuse. They didn't play Ohio State. This is the one game that, as much as I want to pick the heels, I, I, I can't in good faith say that I would bet on the heels to win this game. I would bet on Maryland. So I'm going to take Maryland. I think that they win the. I think they win that top bracket. So I got Maryland as one Final Four participant. Uh, then I drop down and I look at DU and Notre Dame. I also watched this game in the regular season when Connor Canizero scored perhaps the goal of the year on a Mikey Powell-esque That's right. dunk from across the back of the goal at the buzzer. I've never seen anything like it. Um, and, Up until UMass over Towson. Yeah, which, well, that was also sick. Um, yes. You know, this is such a great battle each year, and it seems like it just wouldn't be May if DU and Denver weren't playing each other. Um, I think in the end of the game, at the end of the day in this game, Trevor Baptiste wins too many face-offs. And with a banged-up Sergio Perkovic and potentially a banged-up Ryder Garnsey, even though I don't like Alex reading the goal for Denver, I just think that Trevor Baptiste makes up the difference there. And Denver finds a way to beat Notre Dame again. So I got Denver in the Final Four as well. Uh, then I go up to the top right corner, and I got Ohio State and Duke. I think Duke's greatest strength is Kyle Rowan and face-offs. And I think that this is a game with Jake Withers that that doesn't happen for Duke. I look at offense. I look at Ohio State's goalie. We talked about Tom Carey. I think he's better than his counterpart, a Turry in the net for Duke. I think they're better at the faceoff X. And I like Ben Randall. I like him as a first-team All-American defenseman for Ohio State, being able to cover Justin Gooderding, which is going to create problems yep. for Duke on the offensive end because he is their main dog. Uh, and then I look at Ohio State's offense and they look like six Marlboro men. I mean, those guys <laughs> are, you know, when I was a little kid, we used to play um, travel league basketball and we'd go over and we'd play New Milford and you'd play New Milford as a fifth graders. <laughs> and they had a lineup of kids that had not only hair on their legs, but hair on their arms, right? And we only had one, and that was the Needham Needler um, that had that <laughs> set up follically. And so I just think that Ohio State is too much in the goal, at the X, on the offensive end, and has the answer to stop Duke's main dog. So I like Ohio State to beat Duke. And then I go down, and I'm looking at Towson and Syracuse, and Woodall is a power clamper, plunger at the faceoff X, and he's going to go against Manchild Ben Williams in this matchup. And I think Towson needs to win faceoffs to have a shot. And I love Towson's team, but they're a defense first team, and that bodes well when you've got a great faceoff guy. But I think that they end up canceling out each other here. And I think in the end, Syracuse has too much on both ends for Towson, which is a little more defensive than offense. So I got them as more complete team. So I like Syracuse to beat Towson, which gives my final four, Maryland playing Denver and Ohio State playing Duke. Uh, Syracuse. I'm sorry, Ohio State Syracuse. playing Syracuse, correct. Uh, I like your final four. I only have one difference, and here's the difference. 
is the Towson, who we both picked uh, over Penn State in the first round. I have Yale over Q's in the first round. Here's the reason why I ultimately picked Yale over Syracuse. Because if there was a Cinderella to make the Final Four, I felt that Yale was a great matchup between either Towson or Penn State in the quarterfinals. And so I was like, you know what? If I'm going to run with it, I might as well pick the one Cinderella, which is Yale over Syracuse, which is not going to be easy for them. But I really feel like they match up well against Penn State and Towson in that second round, which could put them in the Final Four. So I have Yale over Towson in that quarterfinal round. Simply again, I just don't think as as good as Towson's defense is, and that's the reason why I have them put uh, beating Penn State. But I'll tell you, if Penn State ends up beating Towson, no one can stop number two on that side again. And so from from all those standpoints, and the kid Mackey has been great down the yes. stretch for uh, Yale. And and again, you're riding a hot team. So I've got Maryland, Denver, Ohio State, and Yale in my final four. And AT, it looks like you and I have the exact same national championship. And not only that, we have the, na- the same exact national champion. And I had the score at 12 to 10. You had it at 12 11. Yeah. Uh, AT, who do you have in the national championship and who do you have winning it all? Uh, well, I look at Maryland versus Denver and I love Trevor Baptiste, but I think that, I think that Maryland will do a better job than most. I don't think they win more than 40%, but I think they neutralize him to some degree. Um, but Maryland's offense is going to be a really tough offense for Denver to match up with. Um, nobody's covering Matt Rambo. Nobody's covering Connor Kelly. The supporting cast for Maryland is just too much. Tim Rotans has had an unbelievable season. I got him as a third-team All-American. Um, yep. I just, I just think that Maryland's gonna, they're gonna score on Denver. They are, and Maryland will defend Denver better than Denver will defend Maryland. And I think that um, Maryland ends up beating DU in this game. Uh, then I go to the other side, and I got Ohio State versus Syracuse. Um, this is going to be an unbelievable war at the X between Withers and Ben Williams. I think Withers is the best, better guy. I do. Um, yep. And I think that Ohio State's ability to defend Syracuse is going to be an easier task than Syracuse trying to slow down um, Ohio State. Ohio State looks good. I mean, they're, they're, their offense is really good. Their players are really yeah. – they're men. That's what they look like. Yep. Um, and I just think that even though I like Syracuse better in the midfield than I do Ohio State, I just think that Ohio State's attack is too dynamic – they got the better goaltender, and in the end, I think that will be enough for them to beat Syracuse 10-8, something like that. So I've got a third meeting between Maryland and Ohio State in the national championship. And while Ohio State won the first go-around, Maryland did find a way to clip them in the Big Ten championship, and I think Maryland does it again in the national championship. And I've got a final score of 12-11, Maryland beating Ohio State in the third go-around. I got the Terps. I could 
I can tell you this. Um, I have the exact same scenario for the exact same reasons. Copycat. Uh, I, I, well, I mean, Copying we you. talk about it all Copy. year. <laughs> we did set, we did uh, put our brackets out separately. So that's, it, it was, it was legit. Um, I have uh, OSU over Yale for uh, the reasons of, I think Withers is the best out there other than Baptiste. Um, and I think that's enough for Ohio State to just slowly dismantle Yale on their amazing run to the Final Four. Uh, but I think here's the deal. I think the Final Four games are going to be incredible. Uh, they're going to be well fought. They're going to be. It's going to be awesome. But I also think that if we do get a third rematch of Maryland Ohio State, it will be one of the best and most well coached national championships we've ever seen because. They played each other twice already in two incredibly close games. Uh, and so when people look at the national championship, it's usually just a sloppy game. Uh, you know, the scouting reports aren't, you know, dialed in as well. The, the prep isn't dialed in. You're kind of just running on, you know, fumes at that point in the season. Uh, but this one has a lot of context. And I hope, I hope Maryland plays OSU in the national championship. Uh, but in terms of picking a winner, I think it happens for the first time since 1975 as well. I know a lot of people have Maryland as well in this, but I think it's Maryland's year. I think it's 2017, and I think Tillman finally gets the run. Um, so that's it. But what's on this, AT? What's on this? You got to bet something on this. What's what do you think should be the wow. bet? Uh, well, I thought we had one. We really have two I differences. Thought we had one going with Screamer. Uh, no, 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 no. Just just as a, a podcast. Yup. Who's got the better bracket, which basically comes right. down to the, the, loser the score. Has to wear Oh no, here Jimmy Harkins Petro's bitch number ten jersey around the final four. We, we gotta we gotta we we have to make it first, which shouldn't be that hard to right. do. Well, what we do is we just have to we have to have Screamer take it out from underneath his bed and wash the lotion out of it and we'll be good to go. <laughs> Oh, man, that is it for the show. What a long one, but it was a good one all at the same time. Uh, as always, we'll be back next Wednesday, uh, 9 a.m., uh, and we'll be talking about first-team All-Americans, some toward time. We'll be wrapping up some of the first-round games. Uh, but until then, as always, you can check us out at In Your Face Lax on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, this post will come up uh, within the next couple hours. But uh, thank you, as always, for the listen. Enjoy the weekend of lacrosse and the beautiful weather. And uh, go Lizards this weekend. Beekman Golf Course is one of New York State's most spectacular full-service public golf facilities. Located in Dutchess County and only an hour north of New York City, the 27 holes wind their way along the Taconic, through the valley, and over the highlands with spectacular views that have made the course famous for over 50 years. With three nine-hole courses to start on, players enjoy fast play and easy access to tee times, even on weekends. Book your next round at BeekmanGolf.com. Let's play today. That's BeekmanGolf.com. At Sisu, we take a very scientific approach to making sure our technologically advanced, doctor-developed, scientifically-backed, industry-changing mouthguards are the most protective, lightest, talkable, breathable, comfortable, drinkable, remoldable mouthguards on the planet to guarantee you're protected. Mm. No matter what comes your way, the Sisu Next Gen 
Cease. Talk. Breathe. Drink. Beekman Golf Course.